Engineering Matters is really excited to be supported for a third episode by the online manufacturing platform 3D Hubs, which is helping engineers get their parts into production and products to market faster than ever before. Their platform gives access to global production capacity for 3D printing, CNC machining and injection moulding at the fastest lead times and most competitive prices, taking away the pain of cost-effectively sourcing custom parts. 3D Hub's customers are making some incredible things, from satellite components to composite prosthetics. You can get an instant quote for your part by uploading your designs to 3dhubs.com manufacture. The platform will instantly price your parts based on similar parts produced via the platform, giving you the most competitive prices. Once an order is placed, it will be picked up by one of their qualified manufacturing partners and you can track your order until the parts are in your hands. 3D Hubs was founded in 2013 and has today produced more than 2 million high quality parts, serving engineering companies across the world. Head to 3dhubs.com to get a full overview of all their manufacturing capabilities and receive an instant quote for your parts. I would say that the question is no more uh, when or if uh, the shift uh, to electromobility will, will happen, but how fast it will come. Uh, you know, we are, we are really at a tipping point uh, with no point of, uh, of return. We need to emit less, to produce less. We are building the world we want to live in. Welcome to Engineering Matters. I'm Bernadette Ballantyne, and as our guest just explained, we're going to talk about electromobility, and more specifically, a world first in construction that happened right here in London. But before we do, let's talk about gardening. The Chelsea Flower Show is perhaps the world's most famous gardening event, with its organisers, the Royal Horticultural Society, passionate about sharing the message that gardening changes people's lives. Last year, for example, the theme of the show was gardening for health and well-being, and sustainability has been at the heart of the event for decades. The show's been held at its current location in the grounds of the Royal Hospital Chelsea in London since 1913. Known as the Great Spring Show, it became a staple of British life until the First World War put a stop to it in 1917. But, like a hardy perennial, the show came back better than ever, until it was stopped by the Second World War in the early 1940s. But once again, it was reinstated as quickly as possible after the war ended in 1945. And by 1951, it had outgrown the series of tents that housed it, and a new, enormous marquee was constructed, which, with 278 tent posts and a 1.5 hectare footprint, became the world's biggest tent. When this eventually became too small and a new pavilion was constructed in the early 2000s, the 5,000 hectares of canvas in the original tent was recycled into 7,000 handbags, jackets and aprons. And today this philosophy underpins the exhibition itself. The RHS demand that from the plants and topsoil to wooden stands and tooling, 100% of the exhibition is recycled and there's zero waste. It's fitting then that the Chelsea Flower Show is focusing on creating beautiful gardens with a lighter environmental footprint. And in the Morgan Stanley Garden, designed by Chris Beardshaw, among the electric blue Persian slippers, 
the white and yellow Anthemis punctata and the eye-catching deep pink Digitalis Illumination series, a world first in construction equipment has been preparing the site, an electric compact excavator. It's in such intense work zone right in the head of London, Chelsea Flower Show really offered the perfect arena to showcase your machine. This is Asen Nedjimi, an electromobility specialist from Volvo Construction Equipment, who's super proud that his electric machines are going into operation. Launched at the world's biggest construction equipment show, Bauma, in April, the ECR 25 Electric was then sent straight to London to get to work. And it was not actually just performing a demo, but a real work, uh, in a sense that the, the machine has been working hard over a week and a half where it was uh, excavating the site. So uh, it was um, just, uh, I would say, uh, fantastic because it really highlighted the, the machine's unique capabilities for inner cities environment and um, how beautiful gardens can be created with a lighter environmental footprint. But what about performance? The ECR25 electric is a zero emission version of the conventional ECR25D, meaning diesel. How does the electric version compare? So the electric machine is, a, first of all, a 2.5-ton machine, so short reduce, a typical uh, urban machine. And um, if I compare both, so let's start uh, by describing uh, an excavator, uh, first of all. So normally, a conventional excavator is equipped with a diesel engine that is connected to an hydraulic pump that delivers flow at high pressure for the various motions of the machine. So the, the electric machine has no combustion engine. It's equipped with a lithium-ion battery, that is technology, and the hydraulic pump is driven by an electric motor. So the, the electric machine has zero exhaust emissions, lower noise levels, less maintenance, and do not require any specific certification. And it's quite important for um, our customer because uh, we are operating in uh, 48 volt and uh, you have to know that uh, uh, the limit uh, it's under the limit which is 60 volt uh, actually and uh, when you are operating below 60 volt you can avoid this uh, heavy certification and what about digging power think is that the machine is actually offering the same digging performances as uh, the conventional machine. Regarding the autonomy, uh, it can be operated for eight hours, uh, depending on the application and the intensity of uh, the work site. Uh, yeah. And uh, you know that this kind of machine is not a productive machine. It's uh, actually not operating continuously uh, for eight hours in a, in a, during a daily work. It's really made for urban application. And uh, most of the time, the, the, the driver is jumping in and jumping out of the machine, doing some side work. And in that case, we have an automatic stop of the, the electric motor to avoid uh, um, consuming energy. Importantly, what did the driver think? Well, well the feedback, uh, <laughs> I would say that the, the, the driver was super happy with the machine. But, but first of all, it, it was funny because when we unloaded the machine from the truck, it um, provoked a lot of interest from uh, operators around the, the Chelsea Flower Show. Uh, they have been coming up to the driver and to me and uh, to ask about uh, the machine. I believe it was the first time that they have, they have seen this kind of uh, machine, electric machine, in real operation. I had the feeling that uh, they realized that uh, reducing emissions and lowering nose levels, it's a, a, an absolute game changer for them. Uh, otherwise, the, the driver himself was was happy, as I said, because the machine is, is really quiet compared to the diesel one. So less stress, uh, especially when 
talking each other with, uh, with uh, other operators around. And he told me that the digging feeling was different, more precise with the uh, electric version. And also in terms of comfort, uh, there is uh, less uh, vibration in the cab. So, and of course, uh, in terms of air quality, uh, nothing to compare because uh, no emissions, so uh, better air quality. As we learned in episode 20, our Lessons from Norway electrification podcast, one of the most critical factors in the successful adoption of electric vehicles is their charging ability. In terms of, of charging, um, you have to know that uh, the machine embeds what we call an onboard charger. So uh, that enables overnight charging via a regular hose uh, hold plug socket. And in case of a heavy uh, working cycle, uh, like uh, operating eight hours continuously, then we, we, we are working in offering uh, what we call a fast charger that requires more powerful uh, grid access so that the, the, the operator can recharge uh, 80% of the battery capacity uh, within uh, approximately uh, one hour. That, uh, yeah. it, it allows, in fact, to, to, to recharge, uh, fully recharge the battery uh, at launch break. So that's, uh, that's one of the features that we are also working on. Unfortunately, more powerful grid access for fast charging doesn't exist at the moment. There's no 48 volt fast charge points available. To support adoption of these cleaner, greener machines, a fast charge network needs to develop in tandem with the machinery, as is happening with electric cars. But in the meantime, we are, we are also working in, uh, in uh, offering, as I said, uh, an off-board charger that allows to connect to a three-phase grid and to, uh, to, um, yeah, to, to provide more uh, powerful, um, so more current, that the driver can pull more current to, to fast recharge the, the batteries. Developing the ECR25 electric has been part of a larger programme of electrification at Volvo construction equipment, which made headlines in 2018 when it published results from its electric site project. Working at the Vikan Cross Quarry in Sweden with contractor Skanska, the Swedish energy agency and two local universities, the company had been electrifying wheel loaders, rock carriers and rock crushers. Its efforts reduced carbon emissions by 98%, energy costs by 70% and fuel demand by 50%. What is obvious uh, is that we are standing before a paradigm shift uh, towards uh, electromobility. And uh, it's either you are part of it or not. And uh, uh, Volvo uh, is a part of it and actually uh, want to be one of those who would like to drive it. Uh, that's uh, the reason why in a pioneering commitment to future technology, uh, Volvo C announced that uh, by mid-2020, actually, it will begin to launch a range of electric uh, compact excavators. So it's a full range from EC15 to uh, EC27 and uh, compact wheel loaders from uh, L20 to L28 and uh, stopping a new diesel engine-based development for for these models. So... uh, with this move, Volvo CE become the first construction uh, equipment manufacturer to actually commit to an electric future for its uh, compact machine range. Ascend says that the market reaction has been really positive and that the company is seeing interest from customers all over the world with surprising speed in northern European markets. They, they told me about uh, like construction sites that it's absolutely not allowed to, to work with a diesel machine where only electric machines are, are allowed. So I, I believe, uh, yeah, the, 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 no North countries will really drive this, uh, this new technology. This is the case in Oslo in Norway. 
where the municipalities already demanded that all new construction projects are not only fossil fuel free, but emission free. This high level policy drive from customers has led local manufacturers to electrify their machines. Andreas Volnum is a technical manager for Pond Equipment Norway, which already uses biofuels for all of its machines. It too has developed an electric excavator in partnership with Caterpillar, but at 26 tonnes it's a significantly greater capacity than the Volvo. We aim towards the target that we're having the battery capacity that can operate for an entire day with regular operations in normal use. And we had the first delivery now in 2019. Towards year-end, we're going to launch an electric version in the 8-ton market. The first contractor to use the machine is Norwegian firm Videka, who says that this single excavator reduces its CO2 emissions by 52 tonnes. At the launch of the machine, which is a converted Caterpillar 323F Z-line, Pond pointed to clients such as the city of Oslo and real estate developer Umsosbik, who pioneered fossil-free construction sites and it urged other clients, such as the Norwegian Roads Administration, to push the industry forward by requesting emission-free sites in their tenders. Our vision is better buildings, better lives. This is Romeo Thomason, who works for Umsosbyg, which is owned by the municipality and is a real estate developer. It's got a 900,000 square metre portfolio of premises, such as nursing homes, nurseries, fire stations and other municipal properties. The most actual innovation point we have in our agenda, it's fossil-free and emission-free construction, which will be developed within green procurements as a requirement. They're also working on developing energy-positive buildings using photovoltaics and ensuring that construction sites are waste-free as well as emission-free. And it's clients like this, in cities around the world, that are pushing manufacturers to invest in cleaner, greener technology. Manufacturers like Cummins, which makes 1.5 million diesel engines every year, along with designing, building and manufacturing all components associated with engines. Their executive director of electric power, Julie Ferber, says cities are driving this change as they strive to improve environmental performance. For the construction industry, we think, again, the urban sites will be first. And it will be driven by really three advantages that... that electrification will bring. So it will br bring low noise, so we are starting to see regulation as well as zero emission regulations, we're starting to see the drive towards low noise regulations, which obviously electric construction equipment can help support that. We think um, there's a better charging infrastructure within the city, so access to grid power is much more accessible in city sites than it will be in more rural and um, less urban sites. And then the third thing is that that opportunity to, to be able to operate indoors. We're already seeing adoption in things like forklifts, underground mining, because electrification offers the opportunity to operate in enclosed spaces. At the Nordic EV Summit in Oslo earlier this year, Julie explained that the company operates in 190 countries and has 60,000 employees. Looking to the future, Julie says the company sees itself as a power company, designing and building the powertrains that drive trucks, buses and construction equipment of the future. We have about 10,000 engineers who spend 100% the, the of their time worried about how vehicles and construction equipment will be powered in the future. And we spend about $700 million a year on engineering investment. 
Over the next three years, well, last year, this year, and next year, we've committed that we will spend about $500 million solely on electrification, as we believe electrified power and hybrid power are key enablers to the powertrains of the future. Cummins, too, has just manufactured its first electric excavator in partnership with Hyundai Construction Equipment. Cummins designed and manufactured the batteries that supply 35.2 kilowatt hours of power to the three and a half ton capacity machine named the BM 4.4E. And it's designed to operate, so the size of the battery is designed for it to be able to operate over an eight hour shift period and it will charge in under three hours, so charge in the downtime of the excavator. Eliminates all emissions and effectively enables noise free um, operation in both urban and suburban environments um, and used to test and optimize the performance now so that we can develop this into an actually a production scale unit. So this is very much a prototype with, um, in conjunction with Hyundai, but we're hoping this will be in production over the next couple of years. Julie too talked about the need for cell technology to develop in tandem with the enabling technology and she says clear government policies are vital. We're the enemies of, of our business and, and industry is uncertainty and inconsistency. So we want regulation to really deliver consistent, timely and general uh, regulations that help drive us towards making the right choices around investments. Infrastructure readiness is also an issue that will either inhibit or help adoption depending on how quickly it gets in place. For customers, there also needs to be what Julie refers to as positive total cost of ownership. The economics has to work. And that means that companies like Cummins will be looking at markets that are balancing the equation, especially as city populations are booming. Urbanisation predictions from the UN forecast that by 2050, cities will have expanded by 2.5 billion people, housing 68% of the world's population. That means a lot of construction activity to provide infrastructure and housing to support this growth. But key to the transition to zero emission equipment is incentivising the supply chain to adopting new technologies. These incentives are initially likely to come from clients requiring low or no emission equipment and making this part of tendering requirements. This in turn is often a response to policy or regulations by city and urban authorities who are seeking to improve air quality, reduce noise and make progress on achievement of the Paris Agreement on Climate Action. We talked a lot about this in episode 17 with consultant Mark MacDonald and this agreement signed by 195 countries pledges to lower global carbon emissions to under 2 degrees centigrade. Over time, incentives could also come from the operational advantages, with electricity being substantially cheaper than diesel, and maintenance of electric machinery also less onerous. But this transition will take time, and there's many hurdles to overcome as we make the transition, from the cost of machinery investment to the lack of fast-charging infrastructure. The good news is that the industry is moving forward, and the world's biggest manufacturers are making the change. Cities of the future need construction machinery of the future, and this means low noise, low emissions, and powered by sustainable fuel sources. The technology is coming, clients are asking for it, and the construction industry will have to respond. Engineering Matters is a production of Reby Media, hosted and produced by Bernadette Ballantyne, edited by John Young, with fact-checking by Rian Owen. Special thanks to Volvo Construction Equipment, the Norwegian Electric Vehicle Association, Umsource Big, Cummings, Caterpillar, Pond Equipment Norway, and of course, the Chelsea Flower Show. 
Rory Harris is the executive constructor and is it by Pond5. If you like this podcast, please leave a comment or review in your podcast app, which really helps others to hear about us, or simply tell a friend to have a listen. Engineering Matters can be found on all podcast apps and on our website, engineeringmatters.reby.media. We're also on Facebook, Reddit and LinkedIn, and you can follow us on Twitter at Engineer Matters. Are you involved with engineering that matters? Let us tell your story. Contact Ryan at rebemedia.com.